Hello, beautiful people. You are listening to the Communal Table Podcast, part of Food & Wine Pro. Uh, my guests today are Ellen Yin of High Street Hospitality and Gia Vecchio of Foxglove Communications. And they sprang into action recently um, for a very sad reason. A member of uh, Fork Restaurant, part of High Street Hospitality, uh, overdosed in the uh, wake of COVID-19 and it laid bare to them, you know, a a problem that's been going on in the industry for a really long time. It doesn't get talked about enough. Um, The addiction and and mental health issues that are rampant in the industry. It's something that I have talked about a lot and tried to advocate for resources for, for the past few years. So I'm always so incredibly grateful when people really step up and take action to save this industry and the people in it, um, this this industry and the people we all love. And uh, what they have done is start a series of uh, webinars. They partnered with uh, a Better Life Therapy in uh, Philadelphia to um, to offer these classes that are specifically tailored to people in hospitality. They are free. They are on Mondays at noon Eastern time and anyone can RSVP and join. And they are being um, donated by uh, by Better Life Therapy and High Street Hospitality and uh, and and Foxglove, they are also uh, requesting donations from people. So we'll get into that um, and talk about how to communicate with your your team, your staff, and the people around you during this unprecedented time. Gia Vecchio and Ellen Yin, I am really grateful to be talking to you today, and I'm sorry about the circumstances uh, about which we are are talking, but you've taken a really really tragic uh, experience, and you are using it to fuel you to do something really positive. Um, Can we talk about these mental health webinars that you're setting up and what fueled you to do that? Right. So um, the past month has just been a whirlwind, and it's been so up and down. Um, you know, it all started when, um, obviously, the coronavirus, um, uh, COVID-19 started impacting our business. And, um, you know, we started seeing cancellations at the beginning of March and um, people started canceling. And then the government basically uh, 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 requested all... Um, non-essential businesses to close. And they made an exception, obviously, for restaurants who were doing takeout and delivery, but uh, it would not allow 90 employees at Fork and High Street on Market to continue being employed. And so we had to make a very difficult decision um, on Sunday evening, the 15th, to lay off our entire staff. And throughout our Mm. group, we laid off about 150 people. That had to be really painful. It was because some of these people have been employed for 10 to 15 years and um, some maybe not as long, but nonetheless, it's a scary proposition for many people, um, you know, who maybe haven't been any in any kind of economic difficulty to know what to expect and um, or have heard rumors that they're not going to get paid for X number of weeks because unemployment is um, notorious for not paying immediately, and it takes time. And imagine when 16 million people are on unemployment, 
you know, it's a, it's a very scary proposition. And, you know, it was, it was extremely sad. You know, I normally don't get choked up when I'm talking to the staff, but um, even for me, they could see that it was such a difficult decision and, um, you know, something that I had never in 23 years of being in business come across. Yeah. So, I mean, no one's, no yeah. one was prepared for this. I don't care what size and scope you are. Um, no business was built to withstand this. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, we did, um, opt to try takeout and delivery in high street, which, um, you know, high street had been doing that type of business on a small scale, but, uh, we, we, we came back and, um, gave it a day and started, um, uh, basically um, rolling out our lunchtime and, and pizza and pasta program on Wednesday afternoon. And I believe it was Saturday afternoon that um, our general manager, Fork, um, was standing in the hallway just looking white as a sheet. And I was just like, what's going on, Ed? And he's just like, one of our teammates um, passed away. And... Um, uh, they think it might be from a drug overdose. Oh God, this is, uh, th this is one of the, if you're in the industry, you know this, but people outside the industry don't know how rampant, uh, this, this is. And I mean, it, it, I, I can, you know, say because of all the work that I, I, I do with, um, dealing with mental health in restaurants, that this happens so, so frequently, and it's not talked about for various reasons. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, to anybody who works in restaurants knows somebody who, you know, has either died of overdose or taken their own life or, or something. And it, it is, you know, a pandemic of its own in, in, in the industry. And for that to come on the heels of, of this had to be especially uh, painful and shocking. No, it was, uh, it w was extremely shocking because this was a person who, from the outside, I would have never guessed had any history of um, having any sort of um, drug abuse or substance abuse drinking problem. Um, and I, and, you know, I felt, well, wow, I, I really didn't know this person very well. And there were no signs that that person, um, that that this was intentional or it could have been accidental recreational, whatever, but um, it did come out after the fact that he did have a history of, um, of uh, um, challenges with addiction. And, um, you know, I just felt that there are probably so many people out there who um, you don't know from just talking to them, even, you know, spending as much time that we spend at work, that you don't know what they're thinking on the inside. I mean, you know, you and I a lot of people. Yeah. Well, you, you and I have talked about mental health uh, before, and you've always been such a great and, you know, positive voice for, you know, people in the industry. And, you know, as somebody who deals with mental health issues myself, I can say that, you know, if I am in public and I'm dealing with people, usually they wouldn't be able to tell unless I told them because, uh, you know, I feel like I have to extend all this extra effort to seem okay because I don't want to put mm -hmm. the burden on anyone else. And also by the time I've made it out of the house, you know, I've gotten past some of the worst, but yeah, it's, it's really true. Uh, you, people are so good at hiding it for a million different reasons. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it is heartbreaking and I'm, I'm seeing it a lot right now 
in the mental health groups that I'm in, you know, especially online, where there are a lot of people who either are working at, you know, diminished hours and they're not working at all. And there is this sense of, of hopelessness right now because we don't know when this is going to come to an end or what it's going to look like after. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, this is the, the hidden toll right now of mm-hmm. this. Exactly. Exactly. So let's talk about what you decided, first of all, how you talked to the staff and how you manage a team uh, during something when there's already the weight of everything that's going on. How, how do you talk to them about it? Well, you know, the first thing that I, I did was I did send out a note note on um, on our employee communication platform to let people know that this had happened and that I was going to follow up with the family to find out if what we could do to support them. And, um, you know, in the meantime, I, you know, Gia is a great friend and, um, and advisor to me. And, um, we were talking about what had happened and just trying to think of what, what could be done. And, you know, obviously wanting to respect the family's wishes. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, after, um, talking to his mother, I waited a little bit. I, you know, I didn't want to bombard them, but I waited a few days and I, I called his mother up and I, um, expressed the condolences of our entire team. And, um, you know, it had come up that maybe there was something, you know, um, uh, you know, besides just raising money that could benefit other people because, we know that there are probably many people out there in our industry who, um, you know, are feeling anxiety, depressed, um, you know, um, uh, not knowing how to handle the situation. And the last thing, you know, we want them to do is feel unsupported. Right. And how did you arrive and, and yeah, Gia jump in anytime, like how, how did you arrive at this being, uh, the the way to go about it. And could you talk about the structure of what this is? Yeah, absolutely. So like Ellen said, we were were chatting extensively about what we can do and, and what we thought was needed right now. And we've been blown away by how many um, relief initiatives there are, whether that's feeding hospitality members or immediate um, relief from a financial standpoint. But we we're shook by this and thought how many people that are our colleagues, our friends that might need support right now and not have it. And as somebody who's had anxiety for years and has always felt really fortunate to be able to afford that hundred to $150 a session once a week, that's unfortunately a luxury right now. And, and definitely not one that um, was maybe accessible before this pandemic and is definitely right. not accessible during this pandemic. So we thought it might be a nice tribute to um, our colleague if we can find a way to make some mental health resources available for free for everybody. So we partnered with um, a local therapy office in Philadelphia, but they're making these workshops available nationwide um, mm-hmm. every Monday for the next four Mondays. So starting April 27th will be the next one. Um, they're always at noon. Uh, and you can sign up online. It's done via Zoom. There are different webinars, but what we really wanted was to partner with somebody who understood the restaurant industry and could kind of tailor the topics to them. Not that we necessarily have topics that are exclusive to us. Some of them are financial stress, um, the idea of substance use and abuse, but kind of like you and Ellen were saying, issues that maybe we see 
a lot more of in, in our line of work and in our industry. So they really worked with us to kind of custom tailor what those topics would be. So if it's relationships, what does it look like when you're a hospitality couple and and both uh, both people are laid off or furloughed? Or if it's substance use and abuse, what does that look like as it specifically pertains to restaurants and bars right now? So um, we're very fortunate that they, they partnered with us for that. So that's a five-week session. Um, series. And then separately, the GoFundMe page that Ellen mentioned, we're accepting donations. Um, anybody who wants to donate can, and all of those funds go into a pool so that this therapy office can offer pro bono private sessions to anybody who needs it. I mean, this is something that, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm so impressed and proud that you jumped into action right away. But all of this points to the systemic issues like within restaurants where people don't have, you know, mental health coverage, or even, you know, people have gotten much better about discussing it. But it's, you know, it's still a really, really huge problem. And with all of this is going on with, um, you know, COVID-19, it's laying bare uh, so many things that we have, you know, just accepted this leaky boat that, that uh, you know, the industry has been in for years and years and years. And I keep thinking, well, okay, maybe the I mean, I was and mix my metaphors because also I was thinking building forward, you know, sh uh, shaky basement and stuff. But I, I keep thinking that okay, um, you know, it was built on a, such such a shaky foundation in the first place. The whole restaurant world, and it's just how everybody's been, you know, operating for such a long time. And I wonder if moving forward, some of the lessons that we are learning now are going to be part of you know, a stable foundation that really takes care of the workers, um, you know, in the future of whatever restaurants are going to be. Do you see uh, this this kind of effort being included um, moving forward in, you know, whatever this looks like on the other side? Well, you know, as a um, longtime restaurateur <laughs> that came from the healthcare industry, mm -hmm. I think that I've always felt that healthcare was something that was really important to be offering. And, you know, we've offered a healthcare program to our employees from 1998 on. We've still, we still wow. offer a Blue Cross Blue Shield as a benefit. Um, but, you know, obviously we're a small restaurant group and mm -hmm. we can't afford to subsidize the entire thing. But I do think that now is the time for all of us in our industry to look and see not just, um, you know, we're all at the rock bottom. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of yeah. an opportunity to reinvent the business model, um, you know, and you know, to be open to um, how we're going to move forward from here, because the restaurant industry isn't going to look the same as it does right now. And trying to figure out how to make all that work, um, because, um, you know, we all want, obviously, great ingredients, we want great hospitality. So we have to build a very positive culture. And, you know, that's all part of, um, I think, some of the things that we can be looking at, um, you know, um, making sure that the folks that we're bringing on um, feel a part of our mission. Um, you know, admittedly, it's been a very difficult few years because the restaurant industry has grown so much. Mm -hmm. And um, the competition for employees, in addition to, um, you know, all the other challenges of operating a business, rent, um, cost of goods sold, and all those things, you know, it's very hard to, um, uh, you know, uh, recruit and retain employees. And, you know, these are things that we can really look at, you know, 
the the clear cut benefits are you know um, healthcare benefits, um, you know obviously paid time off, um, retirement planning. You know, I mean, I think that that's something that has not really been talked about. We have a four hundred one k plan, but like, how do we get more people to value that and want to participate? Because basically it's free money. We match a certain percentage and you save money on taxes. So, you know, that's something that really helps employees. But beyond that, creating a caring organization and um, one where the the um, employees feel really vested in the mission of the organization, um, I think is the real challenge of how we recreate what we're going to be doing. And with probably less restaurants, I think that it will be very important for all restaurant organizations to be able to um, articulate their mission very clearly so that they can attract the right type of people, not just the mission, but the the culture of their organization um, as well as their mission. Yeah, because I, I mean, I've been thinking so much, um, you know, observing how uh, people have been communicating throughout this and especially how leaders are communicating to their staffs and seeing, you know, wild variation in this. I'm seeing some places that are still, even if they're shut down for service or whatever, they still have virtual lineups. They still are, you know, having just clear communication from the leaders. And I've seen some where people just really feel like they're tossed out to the wind. Maybe they've been furloughed and there's been nothing, no communication from the top. Um, and I've seen like really, and, and I, I think like, well, when things come back a little bit more online, I definitely know which businesses, uh, you know, I think employees are going to want to work for because they've been treated like human beings throughout this whole thing. Uh, do you feel like this is going to change how, you know, staff meetings happen, how people communicate with their employees? Or is there going to, I guess, basically, is there going to be more communication and empathy in the industry as a whole um, moving forward from this? Well, personally, I hope so. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's, um, it's, it has to come from the top, obviously. Um, you know, um, we're not doing virtual um, lineups. I think that's a great idea. But um, I feel every day I try to reach out to one or two people, you know, that I might not have been talking to as closely as I should have been, mm -hmm. but um, really targeting and, and making sure that um, that I am in touch with people and that they know that they can um, be back in touch with me as well. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been a strange time for communication during this because we're all doing it, you know, virtually, mm -hmm. you know, it's, you know, depending on, I know it's a state by state, uh, kind of thing, but I, you know, I'm almost on like zoom call overload at this, this point. And I, you know, I, and I actually walked by a colleague's, um, house over the weekend and, you know, socially distantly dropped off a pasta maker for her and just seeing her face from, you know, uh, you know, some feet away was such a beautiful, Beautiful, like really beautiful thing. Restaurants are such a people mm -hmm. business that I'm so I'm so interested to see how this is, you know, going to manifest because we're all just relying on you know on on voices sometimes on faces over screens right now, and that's not how people in restaurants operate usually. Well, you know, it, it, I think you're absolutely right because um, the old fashioned, that's why I don't use Zoom to like communicate with them because the old fashioned way is either in person, on the phone, or some sort of personal connection with people. And um, although email is great, sometimes it doesn't express 
the right sentiment. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, sometimes I'm, I'm in a hurry and I blast something out and maybe it, it didn't have as much feeling or whatever that I had hoped it to be. But, you know, I think that when you call somebody up on the phone and you show that you're actually listening, I think that that's, that is probably the biggest thing that I hope will change is, you know, and I can do a better job of it too. I've been extremely busy the past few years and, and taking that time to listen to what people are saying versus being distracted by, you know, whatever else I'm being distracted by, but, you know, um, I, I know I could definitely do a better job at, at, you know, listening. And that was the thing with this, um, this colleague of ours was that I felt maybe, maybe I didn't do a good enough job of really digging in to like really understand this person. They worked with us for about, you know, six to eight months. So I didn't really know him that well, but, um, you know, it's something now I'm going to be paying much more careful attention to. Yeah. I mean, I, I think any of us who has been through a loss of, of someone we know, whether it's, you know, a suicide, an OD or something like that, there's the endless asking of yourself, like, what could I have done differently? And, and I mean, I, I, you know, I've come around to that, you know, of course it's case by case by case. And for the most part, we've all done our best and, you know, you can never really guess what is going on with somebody. And all we can do is sort of proactively moving forward, just try to let people know that we are, you know, approachable to not be afraid to have a difficult conversation and ask people how they're, they're doing, but that, you know, some of that, like going over every single conversation and stuff, like it, it's not, you know, the most productive thing uh, for your, your own well-being and mental health to, to do that. You know, and I know that's a struggle for all of us who are people who are fixers and want to just, you know, go ahead and fix everybody. <laughs> it's a struggle. I think one of the beautiful things coming out of this, though, and, and at least in my instance, I'm finding a lot of people checking in on each other that they normally wouldn't have checked in on as much to see, hey, how are you doing? Are you working from home? What's what's happening? And what can I do for you? And I think that there's a lot more of checking in on that friend who maybe needs it than we might have thought to do pre-pandemic. So I think hopefully that's something that, that we can take out of this. And I think the other piece of it is like having some kind of traditions right now, having some semblance of, of normalcy. And both Ellen and I are part of the um, independent restaurant coalitions. We get on the call every day. And recently, they've started closing every call with kind of like a pre-shift message. And I thought that that was really sweet and meaningful to just hold on to, to something every day that is part of a tradition in a way that we've lost so many right now that any that you can hold on to feel that much more special. Yeah, I think that's a really, really good like, maintaining those those connections and also like checking in on those people who, you know, a, a thing that I've learned over the years is to check in on people sometimes like, like via text or whatever, say like, no need to respond if you don't have the energy, but I'm thinking about you. Uh, and I, and that's been a really good thing because otherwise, like I'm a person who, uh, you know, I, I start to feel guilty if I haven't gotten back to somebody and then it, you know, sort of builds up. But if that was, you know, built in, it's a really beautiful thing. I also do want to shout out, um, crisis text line, which is free 24 seven. It's, and people can text seven, four, one, seven, four, one. And there's a crisis counselor who is there and they've heard it all. I've been one of these counselors. We have heard it all and there's, there's no shame in it. And it's for people getting people past, you know, a point of crisis where, you know, there there's potential harm and it gets them over to the other side and gets them resources. And how, how can people access uh, the resources that you've set up? Where do they go for that? 
Absolutely. So I'll jump in here. There is a registration page. You go to abetterlifetherapy.com slash mental dash health dash workshop dash series. Yeah. And we'll, we'll include the links to uh, all of this as well, but I want to hear from uh, each one of you. What are you doing to take care of yourself right now? Hmm. (laughs) I have to admit that I'm working really, really, really hard. Um, And, um, uh, you know, I think that the, um, my normal routine at the end of every night is to have dinner with, um, you know, Wayne, my significant other, and um, we continue to do that. And now we expanded it to the team who's, you know, at the restaurant at the time. So we all basically have a family dinner at the end of the night, have a glass of wine together, which normally I don't do. But um, given the circumstance that we all need to kind of unwind and kind of relax, just um, doing that. And then, um, you know, being um, honest, I um, normally I'm always in a hurry and I'm always Ubering, but now I'm walking and just getting that fresh air and, you know, a few minutes of like, um, of silence, (laughs) even if it's, you know, walking home at nighttime. Yeah, I I love that. I've been walking my dog late at night a lot. I would also argue that Ellen uh, working really hard is how she takes care of herself. And she's being really humble, but she's been part of Fuel the Fight um, and feeding a lot of frontline workers, like 500 plus meals a day. So I think in, in some small ways as somebody, and I'm going to speak on her behalf because she's too humble to do it, but I think as a restaurateur, being able to still feed people right now. And, and to help this group, which like they're so incredibly brave and they deserve so much more than any of us can give. But I think that that probably feels like a little bit of self-care. But on this end, I mean, I'm I'm hiking a lot, but I also have to give a shout out to edX. If nobody's heard of it, it's EDX. And it's a bunch of free um, classes that you can get from Harvard, Princeton, a number of other like universities right now just offering free coursework. And as somebody who consumes news and media nonstop for work, but of course, more so with a pandemic, it's so anxiety inducing. So sometimes my partner and I will just take 45 minutes and do a class in justice from Harvard or or something else just to to make sure that we're keeping our minds sharp and, and not staying totally consumed by the news cycle right now. That sounds fun. I think that's such a good thing. We're, we're all going to come out of here with like degrees in something. <laughs> For that, the free version doesn't give you the degree. <laughs> I honorary, a virtual degree or something, but I, I just, I am so grateful to have both of you um, in the world. Like as soon as I you know, had gotten uh, Gia's text about this, I, I knew that it was something that I, you know, wanted to give airtime to um, so people know it's available and, you know, we'll get this episode up really quickly and include the links to all of it. But I just wanted to say, you know, thank you so much uh, for your time and being part of this. And I can't wait to, you know, whatever the rebuilding is going to look like, I am grateful that you two are going to be part of it. Thanks, Kat. Thank you. Thank you for all the work you've been doing. I just have to say like that mental health um, page on Food and Wine Pro, if people haven't seen it, they absolutely need to check it out because I've heard a lot of friends, clients, and just people in the industry tell me that they've circulated it to their whole teams on their Slack channels or over email or wherever else, and that they found that to be really comprehensive. So thanks for doing the, the hard work for us. 
Thank you so much to our guests today, Gia Vecchio and Ellen Yin. Um, it's really vital, um, these kind of conversations. And I hope many people can participate in this mental health series for the hospitality industry. We'll include all of the links in uh, the write-up around this, um, but you can go to A Better Life Therapy and find out more there. And also have conversations with the people around you. I, I know it's so incredibly tough for people right now, whether you're a person who has been deemed essential and are working, or if you have been laid off or furloughed and, and you're at home, and you're so used to being living living a life of service and and you can't do that right now it can be so isolating and and, and taxing and, and challenging in a way that none of us really could have anticipated and if you're already a person who was dealing with mental health issues and, and issues of addiction it can be really overwhelming but I, I have to say it there are other people going through this as well, and all you have to do is is reach out a hand and, and let them know. I was talking with a friend over the weekend. Um, I gave her a necklace uh, last year. I, I, I've given a few of these to people in the service industry, and it's based on a London bus sign, and it's from this company called Taddy Divine, and it says, not in service. And I gave it to a few friends of mine who are in hospitality, um, sort of as a... A reminder too. Sometimes you can you can turn it off and you can just be a person and uh, you know t and take some time instead of taking care of everybody else. But especially in times like this, for people who really energize and um and and they they feel their brain, their heart, their body, their spirit, not to mention their pay, you know their their wallet by offering service. Um, this is a, you know, especially a difficult time if you feel like you're just, you're just stuck. I mean, you're doing your part, you're staying home, you're keeping everybody safe, but it can be a really challenging time uh, right now. And I just keep telling people that you have to remember you are still that, that chef, that cook, that, that dishwasher, that, that, uh, server, that bartender, that, that person who works in the back office, you are still that, that thing. And when this industry comes back and I have to believe it will, and I don't know what form it's going to take, but it will come back. There will be a role for you in it. And, uh, as there will be for you know, so many people who are having to figure out, you know, who am I right now? Who maybe people who have always overly identified with work. I know how that feels. Um, and all of a sudden, you know, you're not in that position anymore. You are still a person of value. There's still people out here who care very, very much about you and want to know how you're doing. Um, so please sign up for these webinars. They are specifically calibrated to um, be for those, you know, wonky, wonderful service industry brains and all the concerns that people in the industry have. Um, you can, as I said, always reach out to Crisis Text Line at 741-741, and you can join the Chefs with Issues Facebook page, and we will always listen to you. We don't always have all the answers, but we are there to listen. And this is part of uh, Food One Pro, as I mentioned uh, up top, uh, this is uh, Food One Pro is, is really special to me. We launched it in March of 2019, and it's 
articles and conversations and, and events when we're allowed to have them again, uh, talking about the issues that really pertain to what people in the industry are going through. It's professional advice, it's emotional um, counsel, it is is looking into you know the financial ramifications of everything that is going on. And you can find that at foodandwine.com slash fwpro. And uh, you can also sign up uh, for the Food and Wine Pro newsletter that comes out every week, um, written by our editor-in-chief, Hunter Lewis, and backed up by me and by our associate restaurant editor, editor Osset Babur. Um, we get together the most essential news uh, and, and sort of winnow it down so you uh, don't have to go looking all over the place for it. Um, it's got words of wisdom from Hunter and other people in the industry, as well as our incredible certified meditation instructor slash uh, test kitchen associate, um, uh, Kelsey Youngman, who um, she offers the same words of wisdom that she does at our Monday all hands meeting um, every week. So, you know, I'm so grateful to be working amongst people who, who really care. And, um, you know, I hope you can can see from this that we really, really care about you as well. And I also want to thank our incredible podcast team, Jennifer Martnick and Hallie Tarpley, who are, we're all working from home right now, and they are doing an incredible job of sharing all of this with the world. And to our marvelous uh, photo director, Sarah Crowder, who um, makes this all look really, really good. And, you know, it's just... I'm thinking about all of you, um, and I know it's so tough out there. I know it's scary, but you're not in it alone. Um, I'm pretty easy to find on social Twitter at Kitten with a Whip, Instagram, Cat Kinsman. Heck, I'm going to toss in my email address, cat.kinsman at foodandwine.com. Send me a note and let me know how you're doing. Um, we also have a guide to mental health resources up on the Food and Wine Pro page, and I'll share the link for that as well. Most importantly, while you're taking care of all the people around you. Don't forget to take good care of yourself. Until the next time.